Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's sermon. Merry Christmas. As we proceed in this discovery through the Gospels of who Jesus is, we want to focus this week on the courage of Christmas. And I'd like to focus on one of the key characters. His name's Joseph. Uh, in this journey, we have seen in this discovery, in this process, we've been able to see how God has worked, how God brought Jesus from his promise through broken people to fix broken people, how he fulfilled all the promises and prophecies of Jesus, and how he did it for us, and how he's calling us to join in his story and make it ours too. Uh, as we look today in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, I want to read this passage and pay close attention to the role that Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, will play. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. When we focus on the story of Joseph, I want to just have us notice one or two things about his story as we progress. Let's look at the complications of Christmas. This wasn't an easy thing, and the complications abounded all through the story. It says that Mary was pledged or betrothed to be married to Joseph. A Jewish marriage had three public steps. Engagement, which was a contract drawn up by the family members. They would determine the well-suitedness, if you will, of the couple and whether this was a good match. And then once that was signed off by the family, they were engaged. Then there was the betrothal. This was a public ratification of this arrangement. And it would be a period of no more than one year. And the couple would be known to belong to one another but not having the rights of living together as husband and wife. You'll notice even in verse 19 that Joseph is called her husband during the betrothal period. And if you break off this, this was the equivalent to divorce because it was legally ratified. And there would be community and social uh, practices that would apply to that divorce proceeding and what would happen to each participant. This is where Joseph and Mary are in today's text. They're more than engaged, they're betrothed. And then would come the marriage, which would be living together as a consummated couple. In verse 18, it's recorded that before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph doesn't find out that this is from the Holy Spirit until later. And this is a significant part of the story. 
We have to spend a few moments understanding Joseph's emotional status as well as his social status during this process before he's made aware. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for just a moment before you know the end of the story. Clearly, he has to imagine there's another man involved. Imagine the emotions. In verse 20, it says, he considered these things. And that word has two possible meanings in the Bible. The first is he considered or pondered. And the second is he became angry and upset. The root of this verb is used twice in the New Testament. Once in Luke chapter 4 when it talks about the wrath of the congregation when Jesus identified himself as the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy and they drove him to the edge of a cliff to push him off. The second is the rage in Matthew chapter 2 that Herod will show when the wise men report that a king has been announced. Joseph feels their betrayal. It's possible that he just considered it placidly, or it may be that he was full of anger and rage. The life, the life rather, that they planned together would no longer be. Think back to when that little stick turned purple, or the doctor said you're pregnant, and you began to dream and imagine what life with this child would be like. Remember the myriad of thoughts that flushed your mind, the lack of preparation, the joy you would have, how to prepare the bedroom, what kind of vehicle did you need to get to transport your child safely, the laugh, the cost, the fear, the panic, the joy, who you would tell and when you would tell them and how you would tell them. Those were pervasive thoughts and the news was good in your circumstance. But now imagine Joseph. Now imagine all those thoughts gone, all the joy dissipated, the horror of being taken advantage of and lied to and betrayed, the jealousy, the anger, the disrespect that was shown. We'll get a glimpse into Joseph's perspective as we process our text more. In verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph had made up his mind. Verse 20, he had two options. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. Now, what the angel does is identifies that Joseph is one of David's lineage, and this would be one of the promises of the passage. Matthew reminds us, the readers, that Joseph is from King David, and so would be the Messiah. Continuing, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Things went from baffling now to bizarre. How do you go from total betrayal to God saying, no, it's not another man. It's me doing this in her so that she can produce this child. Verse 21, Mary will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Ever have a dream a good dream that when you wake up, you're disappointed that it wasn't real? Ever have a nightmare that when you wake up and realize you're in your bedroom and you're safe and everyone who you love is safe and with you, you're relieved? Matthew gives us a portrait of Joseph's response to this vision, this dream. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did exactly as the Lord had commanded him. Without a second thought, 
He put his feet on the floor and he awakened that day and he said, if this is of God, then I will have the courage to trust it. But how complicated this all is. It's complicated for God to bring man through broken people to fix broken people. It's complicated for Mary to know her reputation is gone. And it's complicated for Joseph because he has to trust against reason that God could do this. Verse 25, he took his wife and he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. I want to be gentle with the integrity of Joseph here. Because it seems unusual to my experience. He's told that God is going to place you and Mary in a very precarious set of circumstances. And it's going to be risky and it's going to be complicated. And I need you to obey it. And Joseph awakens and says to himself, I will. Christmas is complicated. But look what God is able to do, even in our most complicated moments. The second point of this teaching that I think is so important for us to connect with is the courage of Christmas. How Jesus came was courageous of God to a virgin mother. But why? Why is the virgin birth important? Because it shows us beyond the shadow of a doubt that salvation does not come from a man and a woman and a special child, but that salvation comes from God through woman to all mankind. Salvation is totally the supernatural work of God, and we are conduits of it and recipients of it. To an adoptive father. Why is this important? Because the adoption ties Jesus to the line of Joseph, which is from the line of David. And there's no blood of David, but it's through the line of David. And adoption will be the method by which this Jesus will bring us all back into the line of God's chosen family. Amidst a fallen world, a virgin mother, an adoptive father, and a broken world, he came to a world that needed saved, even when they didn't know that they needed it. The angels will say to the shepherds in the fields, do not be afraid. The angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. The angel says to Zacharias, do not be afraid. You'll notice that we live in a complicated world and there's things to be scared of. What would Joseph be scared of? Well, let's talk about three simple things. Joseph needed the courage to accept the world's disdain. Mary Mary is disgraced. She's pregnant without a husband. This would not play in her culture. Even if Joseph marries her now, by the calendar alone, they would realize that she was pregnant before they got married. But if he marries her, the disgrace of Mary applies to Joseph too. The only way he frees his reputation is to divorce her. You see, you and I must understand we cannot receive Jesus into our life unless we're willing to accept to some degree, for some greater than others, but to some degree, all of us will face the disdain of the world. To follow Jesus, to be considered a fool in the eyes of the world's wisdom. You cannot receive Christ into your life until you're willing to accept that. If you're scared, look at Mary and Joseph. Two illiterate, impoverished people who did receive into their lives this Jesus and therefore received the disdain of the world, and as a result, look what happened. All I want you to think about this week is this. Of all the people who talked down to and looked down to Joseph and Mary because of the complicated nature of Christmas, how many of their names do you remember? Yet 2,000 years later, we still speak of this young, illiterate, impoverished couple who took on the disdain of the world 
to be obedient to God. The second thing we look at is not only is the world's disdain cause us to have courage, but the courage to accept his lordship. Well, what do I mean by that? It's very simple. This child is not under our management. This child did not come to do what we wanted him to do. This child came to do what his father wanted him to do, which was save the world and proclaim the truth. People are scared to come to Christ because people will make fun of them. People are also scared to come to Christ because he demands from them something they've never given anyone else before. Absolute trust and obedience. Jesus comes and he is either in complete control or he is not in control at all. He's not a tame lion. He's a wild lion who roars and we respond. If you try to tame him, he only comes to tame you. And Joseph had the courage to realize that he'd be raising God's son the way God wanted him to be raised. And then we need the courage to admit we're a sinner. So not only do we face the world's ridicule, And not only do we face our own lack of control, but we have to face the fact that we're a sinner. The angel said to Joseph, he will save his people from their sins. The courage we need is to admit that God owes us nothing, that I am a helpless sinner and I cannot save myself. I don't need help, I need rescued. A savior does not give me good suggestions for a better way to live. A savior redeems me and changes my context, changes my future, and places me under obedience. Joseph showed courage. Joseph realized Mary had blown up her life. And as as a result, Joseph realized something perfect. The only way for Mary to be saved was for Joseph to give up his life and by courage rescue her. So he married her. With all the doubts and all the questions and all the anger, he married her because he believed that God could do this. And the only way for Joseph to be saved was for Mary to give up the comfort of her life and to give up her reputation and accept this child. So Mary, by showing courage, saved Joseph, and Joseph, by courage, by showing courage, saved Mary. Fitting that their son would do the exact same thing, that he would give up his comfort and his glory and his prestige and give it all up to face the world's disdain, to place himself under the lordship of his father. And to come on behalf of all sinners that we might have hope. Jesus did not have to come. Mary did not have to obey. Joseph did not have to obey. That's why I love the Christmas hymn. Mild he lay his glory by. Born that man no more shall die. Born to be our king. Born to be our ruler. Mary looked at Joseph And trusted him. And Joseph looked at Mary and trusted her. And by this means of trusting one another and trusting the goodness of God, Joseph shows the courage of Christmas. Christmas is not a simple, emotional, soft holiday. It's not just to draw sympathy of a baby. Christmas is about the courage to accept the gift of Jesus Christ in all that he is, in all that it will cost us, so that this world will know who is the King of Kings and who is the Lord of Lords. Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online 
at ccochurch.com.